Well, good morning. It's good to see you. We have been in a series called All the Feels, and uh, we're continuing in that this morning. We'll make mention that if you are a first-time guest or if you've joined us for the first time online, thank you for uh, joining us today. We're glad that you're here. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can text us to 912-400-0556. Just text the word hello and uh, we'll reach back out to you. We'd love to know that you're either watching online or if you're here in, in person, uh, we'd love to just say hello to you and welcome you to New Life Church. Um, as I said this morning, we will be doing baptism at the end of this service, and so in just a few minutes I'll be dismissing our candidates for baptism to, uh, to get ready and get changed. But thank you guys for being here this morning. If you've got your Bible, let's go to the book of Romans is where we're going to start today, Romans chapter 8. Is is where we're where we're at now. There was uh, there were two guys who owned businesses that were across the street from each other, two shop owners, and they were in competition with each other. And when a customer would come in, one shop owner would look across the street at the other shop owner and just kind of grin at him, and just kind of just say, I've got one more than what you've got. And so that would happen, and they would go back and forth doing this uh, in this competitive nature with the two shop owners. And one night, an angel appeared to one of the shop owners and said, listen, says, I've come, and I'm, I'm here to give you anything that you want. I can do this. I can grant you any, any wish that you would like to have. And he said, the only caveat is this, is that whatever I grant you, that your competitor across the street will get double what you ask for. And so he fought for a minute, and he said, really? He said, I'll, I'll get double. So if I ask for wealth, I, he said, right. He said, if you ask for wealth, I can make you extremely wealthy, but your competitor across the street will just be doubly wealthy. And he thought, okay. He said, then make me half as poor as I am right now. And sometimes that's what jealousy does for us is it winds up damaging us and damaging everyone that is involved with us. Uh, because when we're in this discussion of all the fields and we're talking about emotions, and emotions can wreak havoc in our lives, uh, and there are things that are inside of us that will do more damage than sometimes the things outside of us. And that's the truth. The things that are inside of us sometimes become greater and larger and become bigger and can do more damage than the things that may be outside of us. And so Romans chapter 8, if you've got your Bible, let's go there. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 12, and this is what it says. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Basically, what we just said was these things that are inside of us, if we live by these things that are inside of us that move us to... Uh, have certain behaviors, we'll wind up dying. It says he instructs us to live by the Spirit, and the Spirit brings life. 
And if we want life, we have to let the Spirit take control and bring conviction to our heart and help us to see things about our life. And so what is jealousy? I just want to define what we're going to talk about this morning and basically entitled this, Green is Not Your Best Color. Now this morning I feel very red because my face is extremely sunburned. And so I've been told that red is not my color, and I believe it because it feels very painful right now. Um, but, you know, sometimes maybe there are certain colors that you shouldn't wear uh, because they just say, that's not your color. Well, I would say this. I would say green, and, and say your green with envy green is not anyone's color. That is not our best color. And so that's kind of what I want us to talk about this morning. I want us to talk about this, this idea of jealousy and envy. And what is jealousy? Jealousy is this. Jealousy is the feeling of seeing something in someone else's life that you want but you don't have. That's jealousy. Now, if you remember that we started this conversation um, a few weeks ago and we talked about emotions and feelings being the dashboard. And that's your dashboard. It's just like the dashboard on your car that you have lights and there are lights that go off on that dashboard that signal that something else is happening. Now, the light in the dashboard is not the problem. There is something deeper than that that is actually the problem. And if you have a light that goes off on your dashboard, you have to actually look under the hood. And I would submit to you today that jealousy is the same thing, that jealousy is a signal of something. It's not that we ask for certain feelings, right? Nobody gets up in the morning and says, I want to feel angry. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, I want to feel jealousy. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, I want to feel shame. Nobody gets up in the morning and, and just says, you know what, I want to feel certain feelings today, unless that feeling is happy and joy. Those are the feelings that we want to feel, and sometimes we don't always get that. Sometimes we get feelings that are very different from joy and happiness, um, and it's not that we ask for them, but we still have to deal with them. And so because of that, uh, we're looking at this today and, and that it is a feeling, that jealousy is a feeling, and it is a signal. It doesn't actually have to uh, be something that controls our life. We all feel jealousy at some point. You will feel jealousy at some point. It's what you do with that or it's what you allow jealousy to do with you. If you remember, we talked, uh, had the, the quote from Tony Evans that if you don't deal with your feelings, your feelings will wind up dealing with you. I, I still believe that. I believe that if we feel jealousy, you know what? We have to look and see what is going on underneath the hood. See, jealousy is probably the most complicated of all the feelings because it's a mixture of things. That's what jealousy is. And jealousy is a mixture of several things. And this is what it, it gets in the mix with jealousy. Jealousy is a mix of desire, of passion. So when you think about it, there are certain things that you desire that you want to see happen. There are certain things, and it may not be bad things. There may be things that you want uh, that somebody else has that it may not be a bad thing. If somebody else has a good marriage, you may say, well, man, I, I'm jealous of their marriage. I, I want a good marriage. That's not a bad thing to want a good marriage. Or you may be jealous of, you know what, man, they, they just have a great relationship with their kids. You know, that that's awesome. I, I, I don't, I, you know, I want a great relationship with my kids too. And so that's not a bad thing uh, to want certain things that maybe other people have. Uh, 
it's it's certain desires that we we desire certain things for our life and so we have desires we have passions but we also have sadness see jealousy is a mix of desires jealousy is a mix of sadness if you've experienced pain in your life maybe because you haven't gotten something Maybe you feel like you've gotten passed over, or maybe you feel like you've gotten something that wasn't quite fair. Uh, and life, I mean, know that life isn't fair. I mean, know that things just don't always work out in a fair way. And, and so maybe you look and say, well, I should have gotten this, or, or this should have happened, and it didn't happen. And because it didn't happen, now I've got to deal with this, and I'm sad about it, and there's pain in my life from this. And so you have certain desires that you want to see something happen, and maybe it doesn't happen, and then you have this sadness. Or maybe you have anger. It, it, it could be a mixture of, of, of all of this, that you have a desire to see something happen because it hasn't happened. You're sad, but now you're beginning to get angry because it hasn't happened. And there's this mixture of things going on. And lastly, you can add to it is comparison. That when we start comparing our life to someone else's life, that when I start looking and say, well, they've got this, why don't I have this, you know? Social media is uh, one of the worst about this, right? Because we will take our snapshots and our selfies and we will put a filter on it and we only post the best pictures, at least we're supposed to, right? And you'll get in trouble if you post a picture of someone that's not their best picture, because there are certain poses that you're supposed to, you know, right? You're supposed to keep the, uh, the you're supposed to have the, the little triangle, you know. Guys don't do this, you know, but ladies, I've, I've seen ladies, they have to make that pose to put the little triangle, you know, so it looks a certain way. When you say triangle, the tri- you got to make the triangle with your arm. And you got to look a certain way, and if you don't like it, you can delete it. Let's take it again. So it happened yesterday. We were up in Augusta for lacrosse, and, and I, after the game, I saw all these moms taking selfies with their kids, you know. And I see them, they were looking, oh, delete it, let's do it again. You know, get over here. And, you know, they're like on their fourth or fifth picture of smiles. And, and we do that. I understand. We want to put out the best face forward, right? If you're taking a picture and you get a chance to redo it as many times as you want to to get the best one, I understand that. I get that. But see, the thing is, sometimes we don't think about that when we're on the other side of that picture. We're on the other side of the social media, when we're on the other side of Facebook, the other side of Twitter, and we're on the other side of Instagram. We're looking at this picture and we're saying, wow, their life just looks great. Their life just looks amazing. Why can't my life be that way? Why can't I have that? Why can't I have the great hair? Why can't I have the, you know, the, the great life with all the stuff, the nice home, the, whatever it is, that, and we start comparing our life to what's behind the picture, not understanding or not thinking about how many times it took them to take that or that maybe they're, you're only seeing a certain side or a certain point of their life. You're not seeing the full picture of all the headache that goes behind that, all the distractions that come along with that. And so jealousy is probably the most complicated feeling of all because it is a mixture of things. It is a mixture of our desires, of the things that we're passionate about, of the thing. And that, that's the way the Bible describes it. Actually, if you start seeing this word jealous, it, it uses this word in a lot of different ways between Old Testament and New Testament. It's the idea of being passionate about something. 
that, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because the Bible says that God is jealous for us. Well, that's jealousy in the best way possible that he is passionate about us. But see, the thing that's different between us and God is God doesn't let that passion be turned and tweaked to where sin takes it to a bad place. See, we do that. We allow desires and passions to be turned and twisted to becomes to the point that we start uh, feeling negative about people. We start feeling negative about our life. And so jealousy is a mix of things. It is complicated in its feelings because it is a mix of desires, sadness, anger, and comparison. There's a quote that I want to give you. I give, I've given you this before, but I love this, and I want to give it to you again. The guy's name is Craig Rochelle. He's a pastor, and this is what he said. He says, the fastest way to kill something is to compare it to something else. The fastest way to kill something is to compare it to something else. When you're always comparing your marriage to someone else's marriage, when you're always comparing your parenting to someone else's parenting, when you're always comparing your job to someone else's job, when you're always comparing your performance to someone else's performance, what happens is you're going to wind up killing the joy that you have in any of that because it will never measure up. It'll never uh, be enough for you because you're comparing it to someplace else, to someone else, and you're saying, well, I have what I have, but I don't like what I have because I don't have what they've got. And what they've got looks amazing, and what I have, I just don't like it anymore because it's not what they've got. I I want what they've got. And so it winds up destroying our relationships. It winds up destroying our feelings uh, about people. See, jealousy is a signal that something is wrong. If you sense jealousy and, and you, 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 should, you, you should let that be like, hey, that light goes off. Why am I jealous? What, why is this happening in me? Why is this going on in me? Jealousy is a signal that something is wrong, that I didn't get something that I wanted. I didn't get something that I desired. I didn't get something that I needed. I didn't get something that I dreamed about. That's, that's what jealousy is. It's about not getting something you thought that you wanted, something that you desired, something that you needed, or something that you dreamed about. C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis is a, uh, was, a, was a great um, writer. Uh, maybe you've read some of his books, but he had this quote. He says, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. He said, if I find in me desires that nothing around me can satisfy, maybe that's because I wasn't made for this world. I was made for something more. Maybe because I was made for something else. And so these desires sometimes within us, we allow them to be tweaked and, and that desire, and, and we let it become something else. So you will struggle with jealousy if you think people or things will complete you you will struggle struggle with that you'll struggle with jealousy if you think that someone is just going and that's what the movies tell us right isn't, isn't that what tom cruise told us in the movie you complete me or maybe there's other person in that movie with him you complete me that's what hollywood tells us you know that there's a person out there that's supposed to complete you and that is a lot to put on a person Really? I complete you? Wow. 
that's terrifying. <sighs> because at some point, they're going to be incomplete. At some point, they're going to come up short. At some point, they're not going to be able to do everything to just make you feel like, wow, I was feeling great about you for a little while. Why am I not feeling that way now? Because at some point, we all come up short. And so if I put all my eggs into people or, or certain things that I want to see happen, if that's, that's, that's where all this, the satisfaction for my life comes from, at some point I'm going to be jealous because it's not going to be enough. See, jealousy left unchecked becomes something worse. Jealousy left unchecked becomes something worth, worse. It becomes envy. So what is jealousy? Jealousy is looking and seeing that somebody else has something that you don't have. And, and you want that. But what is envy? See, envy and jealousy are connected, but they're not the same thing. They're not exactly the same thing. I, if we look at it, envy actually is worse than jealousy. Because jealousy is the signal like, hey, something is wrong. Something is happening here. You need to do something about this. It's like the, it's, it's like the, the fuel light on your car. Hey, hey, something is wrong here. You're getting low on fuel. You better refuel. Jealousy is kind of like that fuel light. Hey, something is wrong here. You're getting low on strength. Maybe, maybe you're getting distracted by something else. So if you're feeling jealousy, it should signal to you that you need to do something. And if you don't do something about it, it moves to become envy, and envy is worse because envy says, you know what, you've got something that I don't have, and I'm jealous of you, but now I have let this twist me to the point that I don't even want you to have what you've got. And that's how envy makes jealousy worse. Envy is different from jealousy. Envy is not just that you don't want somebody to have something else, it's also you don't want them to have it either. Envy gets joy from somebody else's pain. If somebody else messes up and you're looking and you're like, and in your heart, maybe you don't say it, maybe you don't verbalize it, but you're like, I'm so glad they've got what's coming to them. Right? Yeah, I know. We're not going to cop to that one. It would be crazy to say, yeah, I do that, you know. But we've probably all gotten that, had that happen before, that at some point we want somebody to make a misstep. At some point, sometime we want somebody that's just got it coming to them. I can't wait till they get what they've got coming to them. If you're at that point, you've gone way past jealousy, and now you're at envy. And envy is evil. Envy is something worse than jealousy. Proverbs 14.30 that's what Proverbs 14.30 says. It says, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Envy is something like cancer on the inside of us. Envy is that thing that damages us so much on the inside, much more than some of the things we participate with on the outside. And the Bible speaks as it says, listen, if you're harboring jealousy and you let it become envy, it will rot you from the inside out. And it will rot every relationship and every good thing that you have because you will never be satisfied with whatever God gives you. Because you're always looking at somebody else. You're always looking at something else saying, well, I should have what they've got. 
See, Jesus even dealt with this with some of his disciples. After he was resurrected from the dead, you, you should be thinking, wow, Jesus, was di- Jesus died and he's not dead anymore and he's here. And he begins to point out where these disciples are going to go and what's going to happen. And one of his disciples says, well, what about him? What about him? And Jesus says, don't worry about him. You let me take care of him. This is what's going to happen to you. And, and see, we all have this happen. We all fall into this trap. And if we're not careful, it becomes something worse. It becomes something more insidious. Envy always has a name attached to it. It becomes personal. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. It's amazing how all these feelings that we're talking about, you can look at the first few chapters of Genesis. You don't have to go very far into the Bible to begin to see these things crop up. And it says this is the nature of people. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of fruit from the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. His face didn't literally fall off. Uh, but it's just uh, this idea that, hey, you know, when you're angry and you just kind of, uh, your countenance just kind of drops. You're, you frown. You just, that's kind of what happened here. And it says that the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Basically, he's saying, hey, you're not well right now. And it's interesting that the Greeks, when they, when they uh, have this, came up with this idea that uh, you're green with envy. If you've heard, ever heard that phrase, it's really kind of comes from the Greeks that they thought that uh, it came from the bile on the inside of you and it made you look sickly. And so that's where this term came from, that you're green with envy and says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And basically God's saying, you're not well right now. There's something wrong with you, Cain. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. He says right now there's a, sing- there's a signal light going off. There's a blinking light going off. And if you don't do something about it, sin is crouching at the door and it's going to pounce on you like a lion. Its desire is contrary to you. It is not good. It wants to bring you down, but you must rule over it. You must do something about it. Guys, we can't just let these things harbor in our heart. We can't just let these things sit in our lap and and reside in our mind because if not, it will ruin us and ruin everything that we have. And you know, if if you've been around church long enough, you may know how the story of Cain and Abel goes, that it didn't just stop there with Cain. Actually, he, he just, it just got worse for him. It went from jealousy to envy. And this is what envy does. Envy grows. Envy begins to grow like a cancer. And envy grows. And when it grows, it goes from pangs of desire, these, these just kind of these moments of a desire to have this, and you're not getting it, from pangs of desire to dissatisfaction. I don't like what I have. I'm not satisfied with what I've got. It's followed by resentment. And you start looking at people. That's why I say envy has a name. You start resenting people. Well, I don't like them. I don't like what they do. I don't like. And so this idea that, that envy grows 
from desire of maybe you want something and you can't get it and you're dissatisfied with what you have, and then it's followed by resentment. And maybe it even goes to the point of hostility. And we see that in the story, don't we? We see that Cain allowed it to push him, and God checks him. He says, hey, the light is going off, buddy. Do something about this. You've got to rule over this because if you don't, it's going to rule you. And it's going to ruin you. And that's what it happens. It, it ruins the relationship with his brother to the point that it moves to hostility and violence and murder. And Jesus even checks this in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, listen, it's not enough for you not just to be angry with your brother. You, you, can, you, can, uh, you need to do something about that because later on, it's almost like you've murdered them in your heart. It, it's just kind of... It, kind of flies back. Jesus is saying, hey, you've got to look at that story way back in Genesis and pull that back up and says, this is how it starts. Even if it doesn't move to murder, it can ruin and destroy relationships and destroy you from the inside out. So how do we deal with this? How do we deal with this? We've got about 10 minutes left, and I'm, I'm going to run through this, and then we're going to go into baptism. How do we deal with jealousy and envy? The first thing that you have to do with it is you have to identify it, right? The signal light comes on. Oh, man, what is this? Why do I feel this way? That's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Just because you have a feeling doesn't necessarily mean, okay, well, I have this feeling I'm a bad person. No, it just means you're a person and that you have this, okay. But now what you do from this point on is what really sets you apart. Because you can say, well, you know, I've got this feeling, but I'm not going to do anything about it because, honestly, I don't think it's that bad. And, and really, probably it's the other person and not me. All right? Isn't it always somebody else? It's never my fault. It's never my fault. It's always somebody else. How do you deal with jealousy and envy? You identify it. You call it out. And you have to call it by its name. And you have to, you have to call it what it is. And that's, that's difficult for us to do. It's difficult for me to do. I don't like to look at my own stuff. I don't like to, you know, say, man, I got a problem here. I got a problem here, and I need, to, I need to go. But we have to. We have to identify it. Identify it and call it out and call it by its name. The next thing that you have to do is this. You have to practice gratitude. What do you, what do you mean, practice gratitude? You practice gratitude by taking control of your thought. This is what um, in, in Corinthians Paul talks about. It says you have to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. How do you do that? What I begin to do is I begin to think, okay, if I'm taking this thought captive, I've identified that I have this feeling. I've identified that I'm, I'm feeling this way in my life. God, that's not right. I, I, I don't need to let this linger. I don't need to let this take root. So, so Lord, I want to make this, um, submit this to you, submit my heart to you, submit my feelings to you. And you know what? God, I want to be thankful for what you've given me. Because isn't that it? We get dissatisfied with our life. We get dissatisfied with our stuff. And we stop seeing the blessings of what God has given us because we're so dissatisfied with everything. And so to counteract this, we have to actually begin to count our blessings. How many of you have been blessed? Do you have breath in your body today? God, thank you, God, that I have breath in my body today. Do you have a house to live in? 
Do you have a roof over your head? God, thank you so much that I have a place to live. God, if I have a vehicle, you know, that, that I can drive and it can get me to work, God, thank you so much for the vehicle that I have. God, you know what? Do, do I have, um, do I have uh, someone in my life uh, that, that puts up with me and, and, you know what, they forgive me and, you know what, they come alongside of me and help me. You know what, that's what we're talking about is marriage. Come on, anybody have those, all right? You know, and, and just say, God, thank you for my husband. God, thank you for my wife. Thank you that you've allowed this person to be in my life, even though there may be difficulties. And you're not just glossing over that, but we're saying, God, thank you for allowing them to be in my life. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my children. Come on, anybody, you, you get aggravated with your kids sometimes. I get aggravated with my kids sometimes. I get aggravated with my kids a lot of times. But you know what? God, thank you that I have somebody to get aggravated with. God, thank you. It reminds me of a Stephen Curtis Chapman song where I think it was called Signs of Life, where he's looking, walking through his house, and his house has toys all over it, and it's a mess, and he's like, this is a sign of life. God, thank you. You know, thank you for there are signs of life here. And, and that's just the way we have to look at it. We have to get the perspective that we have been blessed. I'm going to identify what's happening in my life. I'm going to identify this feeling and this signal that is going off and God, I'm going to begin to count up the things that you have blessed me with. Because not only do I have to replace jealousy, which I have to, have to identify it, but I have to replace it with something. And so I want to replace jealousy with gratitude. I want to practice thankfulness. I'm taking control of my thoughts. See, gratitude points us toward God's goodness. That's what gratitude does. It points us toward God's goodness. And when I'm focused on God's goodness, I'm not focused on somebody else. I'm not focused on, on my dissatisfaction with, with what my life is compared to their life. I'm looking at him saying, God, I've got some good things happening here. God, thank you so much for showing up. And the last thing is this. The last thing is to celebrate. Find something to celebrate in others. Somebody can come play, and, and, and we'll close out. I remember uh, when Rain and I moved to Valdosta, Georgia, uh, several years ago to plant a church. And uh, it was a very difficult thing to move to a town that you didn't have a bunch of people that you knew, and you really didn't have a whole lot of money to do this, this work that w we wanted to do. And um, we started this church, and we were working in through it, and we were meeting several other pastors and getting involved with other churches in the area and just building relationships and some really cool guys. Uh, there's some that are still there. They're knocking it out of the park and we're cheering them on. Um, but I remember after after about a year of being there, you know, our, our church is, is doing fairly well. Um, but then I start seeing this other church that's doing just better than us. I'm like, and my signal light goes off. And it starts messing with me. I start asking, God, God, why, why, why can't our church do like our church is doing, God? God, God why, why can't I pastor the church like that guy's pastoring that church, God? And this is just me, guys. I, I, I'm, I, maybe this doesn't work out that way for you. And I really, it was, it was one of those things I really dealt with. I probably dealt with it for, for, for almost a year. And God, he just, he began to convict me. He had to take me behind the woodshed and, whip my tail a little bit and say, hey, you got something going on here under the hood that you got to fix. And 
And so what I did was I took these people and I put them on a list. And I put them at the top of my list to begin to pray for them. See, it's, it's difficult to talk bad about somebody that you're trying to pray that God would bless. There's, there's, it can't go both ways. I, I, can't, I can't curse you and bless you at the same time, right? I mean, I think we've read that somewhere in Scripture where, brothers, this should not be so, that out of the same mouth come blessings and cursings. And so I had to figure out whether I'm going to curse or whether I'm going to bless. I felt like cursing, but I acted on blessing, right? <laughs> Sometimes you got to act on the opposite of what you're feeling like. And so I began to act on what I knew I needed in my life more than what I felt in my life. And what I found was this, is that my relationships got better with these people. And actually, we got a chance to do some things with them. And we got a chance to celebrate the good stuff that happens with them. And so that's that's what I want. I want to be able to identify what's happening. I want to practice gratitude and thankfulness. And I want to be able to celebrate what's going on in their life. I want to be able to celebrate the good in somebody else's life and not just cheer when they fall, I want to be able to hurt with them too. So, man, I'm so sorry. I don't want to see that happen to you. I don't want to see you in pain. I don't want to see you fall. I want to cheer on your success because at some point I want you to cheer on my success because I am going to have a success somewhere because I believe that God's working in this and God's going to give us success somewhere. And I, I want to cheer you on because at that point I want you to cheer me on. And then if we're doing that, we're cheering each other on. And that's what the church should look like, us cheering each other on. Come on, you can do it. Us encouraging each other. You can do it. Come on, you can make it. One more step, you know, one more step. You can make this. One more day, you can make this. That's the beauty of what God has placed in our lives. But we have to make a choice. Are we going to let jealousy grow or are we going to deal with it? I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our baptism candidates to get ready. And everybody else, I want you to do this. I just want you to bow your head with me. And I want us to pray this morning. I want us to just ask God to check us. Is my, is my signal light going off? Are there things happening, God, that just makes it difficult for me to really focus on the blessings that you brought, but I'm focused on maybe somebody else? If if I'm in envy, God, I want to identify it. I want to call it out. I don't want to change that and replace that with gratitude of what you've done for me. So let's bow our head. Father, this morning, that's what we do. We come to you now, and, and we just present our heart, Lord, and none of us are immune to this. We're people that, that we have feelings, we have pains, we have desires. There are things we want to see happen. They're not, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And you, you know that, but, but God, you also see that there are things that maybe pop up in our life that sh- shouldn't stay there very long, that we should identify and begin to deal with and submit those things to you. And as we submit those things to you, we allow your Holy Spirit to change us, to move us from being dissatisfied and and comparison and, and, and even the point that we get to envy. We envy someone else. We pray, Lord, that it's a chance for us to celebrate each other and not 
look to tear each other down. We don't look to destroy each other. We don't want everybody's life to be destroyed and brought down. But Lord, we want our life to be successful. We want our life to be strong. We want our families to be strong. We want our marriages to succeed. We want our marriages to grow. And we want, Father, to cheer that on in each other's lives. So that's what we pray today. Forgive us. God, if we identify that something is living there that shouldn't be there, Lord, root it out. Help us to pull it up, pluck it out. And God, let us plant seeds of gratefulness and gratitude and thankfulness, Father, that as we begin planting those seeds, we just begin to look at your goodness and we're directed toward your goodness because that's what we want to we trust in, Lord, is who you are. So we thank you, Father, that you love us enough that you would let the signal go off and that you would help us to identify it, but not only to identify it, but give us the strength to do something about it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this together. Shines for all. 